0: Welcome back to Finishing Well, our podcast for Finishing Well Ministries. Our goal here is to explore ways seniors can lead their lives well, and more importantly, finish their lives well. If you happen to be under 65 and are tuned in for today, we're glad to have you, and uh, you are most welcome here as well. My name is Randy Hess. And I'm pleased to be here again with my good pal, Al Halbiker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Hello, Hal, and how are you doing today?
1: Randy, it's a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whatever the challenges out there are, we have an opportunity to live this day and think through it from God's perspective. So I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, Talking about the issues of our lives, encouraging each other to finish well and live well every day. Amen.
0: (laughs) What's on your mind today, Hal?
1: Randy, I what's on my mind is something I've thought about for over well over a year, as well as everybody else out there listening. Uh, The question for me is, what have I learned from a year living with COVID? Mm. And there are some thoughts that I've put down. I'd love to share them with you and our listeners and have you interact with me on them. And uh, parenthetically, I'm interested in what you've learned. Mm -hmm. Uh, You out there as an audience, what has God been teaching you? What are the issues that have run through your mind? And how is the spirit of God leading you through all these things? And what should we be learning? And how should we be encouraging each other? So I invite you in with me in that process. That sounds like a a pretty interesting topic, actually, Hal. Okay. Well, let's roll. Uh, uh, These are not necessarily in order of priority, but I have put down a number of things that I want to share with uh, you and our listeners. Uh, The number one thing I would say, it's given me a fresh view on what the Bible teaches about the uncertainty of life. I think of Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. No one would have ever imagined COVID changing a nation like it did last March, March of 2020. Everything changed almost on a dime, literally. I think of the words James has for us in James 4.13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. <laughs> is that a basic or what? You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Hmm. So we have no idea what tomorrow will bring but yet we think about it and we plan about it. So understanding the scriptures and how God works in our lives reflecting back on COVID, you know, we always make our plans God willing, we say, cuz we don't know if tomorrow will be like today or if next month will be like this month or this year will be like next year. We we have no idea. So it means learning to hold life uh Fragilely, we don't want to say it's ours, Uh, we hold it lightly, you might say, and trust God with this day. That's the biggest lesson, one of the big lessons I've learned out of COVID this past year. Any thoughts on that?
0: We hope as seniors that as this confronted us and we became uh, aware of what it was going to mean for us, that our Experience, our life experience would help us with it. would help us uh, judge things, deal with things. But there were a lot of new elements that none of us had seen before about how this was uh, imposed, how on us, how it was um, how it spread, how it created uh, reactions of all kinds that were not in our control. And so I think many of us felt like we were uh, still bouncing along in, in the boat, in the waves, without, <laughs> without any kind of oar to do anything uh, for, for at least several months, if not half the year, uh, just coping. Let me move to a second thing. We've
1: got a, n- a number of things I want to think about and throw out there today. The second one may be more of a personal thing with me, as a pastor, I deal with a lot of people in tragedy and uncertainty, illness, those kinds of things. You're in hospitals, visiting with people. I would say this past year, I have thought more about the tragic side of COVID than anything. You know, Those who have contracted it and died, especially those who have died alone where their family could not be with them. I I can't imagine that. I can't imagine dying over a period of days or weeks and I could not see or talk to, except through some remote way on a FaceTime or have people touch me, hug me in my dying days. So it elicits in me a great deal of empathy, uh, of sadness. I mean, not not for first of all the number of people who have died. I think as of yesterday there were five hundred fifty-nine thousand deaths in America. So you you makes me weep. You know how this has affected people, how this has affected people in our age. Like for example, some of the statistics. 30% of all COVID deaths are with people 85 and older. Another 26% are with people 75 to 84. Another 20% among 65 to 74-year-olds. So that means three-quarters of the people who have died are 65 years old and up. You know, I want to say it's not fair. For older people to contract this, why are they so susceptible to this? And there are many reasons for that. I don't want to go into them all at this point. But the other thing that really uh, has made me a bit angry and upset at times throughout this past year is, you know, it almost seems to me, this is just very personal for me. It seems like everybody in our system of leadership is bent on how to prevent it happening to others as opposed to caring for those with it. You know, we can put a guy on the moon, we can send people into space, we can do all kinds of technological things very, very well, but we can't figure a way to get families together when a person's dying of COVID. I mean, there's something wrong with that scenario, I want to say. How is it that we would fear being with somebody dying so significantly that we would not let our families be near them? Seems to me that there. And by the way, and when I say this, our frontline workers, my hat's off to them. Physicians, nurses, all kinds of healthcare people have given their lives and they've been right in the very middle of these elderly people losing their lives, helping them. They are to be honored. My daughter is one of those people. She's a nurse and has dealt with COVID patients throughout this past year. But it seems to me there should be a way that our healthcare system could equip people to be with their loved ones when they're dying. So the weeping side of me identifying with death not anticipated uh, is, is a very tragic thing. It's been very hard for me. And then to realize the aloneness of the dying process is so contrary to life. You, know, you want to be with your loved ones when you die, but these, they couldn't do that. So it's given me a whole new reference point to think about in tragedy this past year. And I'm a richer person for that, but I just have to share that. It uh, hasn't made me distance myself uh, from it, but uh, I do weep a lot with those who have lost the fight with COVID.
0: That really resonates with, um, I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people out there, Hal, certainly does with me. Um, You just can't imagine the feelings um, being isolated in that situation. The times, actually the greatest time in your life when you wanna be close to family. That that time in your life when that's what it, that's all it's about, and uh, I I didn't I wasn't affected by. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. I didn't get COVID, um, so I wasn't in the hospital uh, with all the apparatus around me, uh, trying just trying to breathe. And so I, I can't say that I fully appreciate and understand how hard that was. But uh, for those of us who have been in the hospital with a very serious ailment that was difficult, I had stage four cancer, and it was, uh, I had very difficult nights and days. I do, <laughs> I think uh, how important it was for me. To have my family visit me, yes. And it just, to think that that would not have been allowed, and my room was, a, uh, I, there's a name for it, but I don't remember what, what it is, that it was kind of a lockdown room with all kinds of stuff in it to keep, to prevent uh, further disease, but it wasn't a lockdown room in the sense of COVID has been. So people were still able to come in, uh, close members of the family, that sort of thing. And it just made all, it it just was an amazing uh, lift to my spirit to have that happen, Hal. So the the tragedy that was involved over and over and over again for families in this situation is unbelievable. It's just so hard for them to cope when they know that their loved one is there and they can't visit and the loved one is there isolated and can't you know do anything for himself or herself in that condition it's just a tough situation all around it's hard for the you mentioned your daughter and the healthcare workers they're all there witnessing this day after day they're witnessing it and what does that do to them and how does that affect them to see that going on. It's got to be a a tremendous difficulty in just getting up and carrying out my job that day.
1: Let me move on to a couple other things. You know, I personally realized how fragile life is. I did contract COVID in December. And even though, you know, life is fragile, at least uh, it didn't, I didn't shrink back from being active, but it's given me a deep appreciation for the, for the fragility of life. You know, I, I just went right through COVID. I had an infusion, you know, processed it all. <laughs> I ended up giving it to my wife and all of our kids, except my daughter, you know, who did, didn't get it from me. Uh, not everybody in my family got it, but, you know, when many people get it, uh it's debilitating and it may often lead to death. In fact, I'm doing a funeral this afternoon for a very dear friend who died of covid in the hospital earlier this month and her family could not go see her. And I'm going to weep over all that event this afternoon. But why didn't I get it? Why didn't the rest of my family get it? I don't know. I mean, it's the hand of god in our lives. You know, you trust god. I got it inadvertently from somebody I was having lunch with who himself didn't know he was a carrier of it he hadn't even been diagnosed but he had been exposed to somebody who he was not aware of the fact that they had been exposed and it just gets passed on so in spite of wearing face coverings and distancing, you know it's it's not a sure safe way of preventing it and, and it's a you know why me? why did I make it through why not my friend this afternoon? Whose funeral I'll officiate. Uh, you know, life is a gift from God, and you accept it and you live the way He calls you to live. Uh, but you you do live with a sense of deeper gratefulness to who God is and how He ordains things to happen in life. It makes a big difference in how whether I think I'm in charge of my life. Or whether God's in charge of my life. He's the one who lengthens my days. He gives me health and he can take it away anytime. So, this has given me a great deal of things to process, thought just in my own life and the gift of all that life
0: is. And in terms of finishing well during something like this, Hal, you know, it's, I think, <laughs> using whatever wisdom we have to guide ourselves, maybe to, Provide some guidance where it's requested for our family uh, would be part of how we could help finish well in it. But you know, you're right, there is not a way to say, I have the answer to dealing with things like this. There's not a way to say that. There's not a way to say, tune into me if you want to know how to live your life tomorrow. Just don't, we don't have that, do we? So finishing well means recognizing who's. Really in charge here, and praying about it, doesn't it? Praying about it every day, uh, asking the Lord to provide uh, guidance for me uh, and to help me cope with situations, yeah. and recognizing that I don't have the answers here. I have the issues, but I don't have the answers. Um, you know, we talk about finishing well, having an element to it. How of Um, reaching out to other people. And when you reach out to them, we talk about trying to help them in some way, lifting them up. But in order to do both of those things, you and I have to be able uh, to cope with our own existence uh, in some way that allows us to do that in other words taking care of ourselves first by trying to age as well as we can under the circumstances is part of what we i think you and i agree uh, finishing well is all about and that means that recognizing and not making uh rash decisions of course about my own health taking care of my health when i need to taking care of my loved ones health um so so taking care of myself, maybe that's a bit selfish in our model, but it, it, it makes sense. It's a rational thing to do if I want to reach out to others.
1: Good thoughts, Randy. Let me mention two other things as we begin to wrap this up here. Uh, number one, it's given me appreciation for how people see life differently than I do. You know, in the COVID year, there are many people who simply are are very fearful. I don't say that in a negative way. Um, but, but they, they're fearful about what could happen. They haven't wanted to come to church. They haven't wanted to meet people. They haven't even maybe wanted to get in a zoom session. And of course I'm on the other side, you know, I continue to have lunch with people. I'm out there meeting people, you know, uh, I got a Zoom account like within a week of all this happening, and I'm wanting to engage people. But not everybody's like me. Well, you have a tendency to maybe say, well, what's there to be afraid of? Well, there's a lot to be afraid of. And being with people on all facets of this whole discussion has given me a great deal of love for people who are not the same as me. Yeah. I have an appreciation for where they're at. They don't want to join us. They don't want to meet yep. for whatever reason. Yep. And the Lord bless them. Yep. And at the same time, the, 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 the last thing I, I want to say is that I think the church and individuals, we have been caught off guard by what COVID brings with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, if you know you're facing a barrier or there's something coming your way that you need to anticipate, uh, you you, you need to gear up for it. But COVID hit us, and I don't think the church responded to it assertively when it hit. I mean, we immediately canceled all of our services. You know, nobody, I mean, but did we immediately engage everybody Zoom-wise? We may have We wanted people to see our church services, but how much did we want to get involved in people's lives through phone calls, through Zoom calls, through FaceTime, and continue to be there encouraging people? It was almost as if the church said, Hey, we'll still provide the service for you. Watch us, but outside of that, you're on your own. (laughs) You know, I I think the church was caught off guard by putting our best minds to work. How can we capture? Living in this COVID atmosphere, in this COVID environment, how can we capture every moment for the glory of Christ and keep pressing the agenda? Mm-hmm. You know, the healthcare workers did that. They kept taking care of people. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think the church was left kind of flat footed. And yes, I think we've recovered somewhat this past year, but immediately, I think everybody was kind of in fear or intimidated and backed off. Whereas I would wish that we would, put a, would have put our best minds and hearts forward, said, how can we deal with people and love them deeply, just like our healthcare workers are doing it? And I think we can learn from that. I hope one, something like this never happens again, but uh, and we still live with it in some way as well. But I think Christians need to be assertive and take the initiative on living in this kind of environment. Any thoughts?
0: I agree 100% how, and I think this has been uh, a good discussion for me to think back through today. Think back through how I reacted, think back through how I tried to convey uh, things to my own family, etc. cetera. And uh, <laughs> it was a rocky road.
1: But I think God gives us opportunities to learn from life, just, just <laughs> like David, there are things... We should have learned, but it's never too late to learn them. It's never too late to step into what God has for us, even in this coming year. And it's still an on time of uncertainty. But let's ask God for strength and wisdom and courage to live well in these days, whether they are our last days and finishing well, whether we're decades away from the end of our lives. What do we do with this day for Jesus? How do we take advantage? How do we live confidently in it for his honor and his glory, knowing he has called us to live in this day for such a time as this? So may God help us to keep learning these basic truths that are true for anybody in any season of life, in any century since the time of Christ or whatever. Because God has a purpose for us being in here. Like Paul, let us lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of us. So thanks for joining us today. I hope this has been encouraging to you. It's always encouraging to me. And uh, the Lord bless Randy. Uh, Let's live faithful lives for him. And uh, let's be about the work he has entrusted to us. Thanks. God bless and have a great day.